0: Hi, I'm Nick Gill, International Strength and Conditioning Coach. I've been working with the All Blacks for the past 15 years and have been part of two successful Rugby World Cups. I love to coach rugby players and I love to see them succeed on and off the field and now I can be part of your rugby journey. Rugby Ready is my way of sharing my knowledge and experience with the greater rugby community through our online coaching platforms, our training programs and our educational resources.
1: This week's episode is brought to you by Perform. Perform gives you the blueprint for success. Your monthly membership unlocks unlimited access to all of our in-season, off-season, and preseason training program tracks, as well as educational resources, so you can train to be the best. All you have to do is show up and put in the work. Go to www.rugbyready.ca perform and use the code RR20 to save 20% off your first month of training. In this three-part series of the Rugby Ready Podcast, Gilly is going to review the six big rocks every player needs to focus on to maximize training, or as Gilly likes to put it, what juice is worth the squeeze. How are you, Gilly? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Really good. Awesome. Awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: So how did you come up with this name, the six big rocks? Oh look, it's um, it's 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 nothing new. It's nothing um, innovative. It's basically just the the, the key factors I believe um, that we must we must now we must focus on to really become the best we can be or to reach our potential. Um, so yeah, there's just there's just there's obviously six areas that we want to put some energy into these areas to make sure that you know at the end of the day we're improving and um and and getting better.
1: And what are those six big rocks?
0: Oh, look at the at the moment in my mind, we're sort of sleep. Sleep's obviously really important. Nutrition's just like totally underrated by a lot of people. Um, Obviously, strength work, getting strong, and injury prevention, uh, conditioning, uh, game understanding, skill set, and recovery. The other the the six things that I like to focus on or formulate a program around.
1: Perfect. So for our listeners today, we're going to go through uh the first two big rocks. And this is going to be a three-part series because Gilly's got loads of information to share with us. And I've I have lots of questions. So the first rock, uh, let's go into sleep. So why is this the first big rock?
0: Oh, well, I think um, I mean it's it's basic physiology really. And and if we just think of you know, the, the human body being an organism that needs time to to learn, um, to recover, to adapt, to improve, um, and, and really to, to absorb the stresses of the day and then the next day be better. All that happens when we sleep. And so, you know, if we actually want to recover from the stresses of the day and give our body a chance to actually be better the next day, then sleep's absolutely the big rock.
1: Hmm. and what are the ba- like what are the basics when it comes to quality sleep how does somebody nail that
0: yeah well we all have we all have different sort of um sleep ability i suppose um and, and in the sleep in the sleep science world it's you know it's about it's about sleep efficiency um which is really about quality sleep versus quantity of sleep hmm. and so you know, Some people can sleep a long, long time, but it'd be really average restful, restless sleep, um, whereas some people get, can get the really deep uh, quality sleep we want in a short period of time. So, so really, it's about understanding how you sleep um, and what are the things that help you sleep better. Um, got a player at the moment who um, is struggling to get deep sleep. And, and just so everyone understands, there's different different parts of our sleep cycle you know, there's our REM sleep, rapid eye movement type sleep, there's our deep sleep and another two two really quality parts of our sleep that we want to get as much of as we can. Um, and then there's a the sleep where we're just, you know, we're just um laying there and the body's resting, but um that's not really the quality stuff that we want. So so I know myself I look at my sleep most days just to check in with how I went and and then I'll reflect on whether I was a bit more restless last night because of what I did before I went to bed or um, or whether I have slept better and deeper because of my um, exercise or my training load the day before, or am I sleeping worse because I'm a bit stressed or I'm too much time in front of my computer. And I think it's just another part of understanding you know, you and, and, and how you function, but then also how you recover through sleep.
2: That's
1: interesting. And something that came up for me too that was really cool Learning lesson was um, doing a, a sleep test, so I went to a sleep clinic. I went through my doctor. My wife has complained over and over and over again about my snoring, and I never thought it was a really big deal um, until I saw the doctor. And he goes, "Yeah, well, um, you know, you have high blood pressure, which is weird because you're so active. Uh, you eat well, and based on what you're saying about your sleep, let's get you tested for sleep apnea." So I thought, like, there's no way I could have that, right? And then sure enough, I did the sleep test and I hold my breath. What did they say? 26 times every hour for 10 seconds every time. And so my sleep is just terrible. Uh, And I think for listeners out there, that's something too, that like, if you've ever had someone tell you, you sleep like crazy, or you snore like crazy, like maybe worth getting checked out. Um, Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's, 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 um, it's funny that you have that issue too, because my, I I snore occasionally, um, but mine's because I broke my nose playing rugby and and my septum's sort of smashed to one side. So if I lay on my left-hand side of my body, I snore, but if I lay on my right, I'm fine. Um, So I've figured that out as well. Um, A few few kicks in the back from my wife, but um, no, I I think understanding how you sleep and how to to get more sleep is is pretty important for all of us. Mm
1: So, some of the basics, then, when it comes to say getting that deep sleep and more REM sleep, would that be like, you know, control the temperature in your room? Do you use things like eye shades, white noise?
0: What do you do to yeah.
1: maximize your sleep? I look,
0: yeah, look, there's um, there's lots of things that you can do, and again, you know, I love to encourage people to experiment with what works for them, mm. not not just when it comes to sleep, man, but just when anything in life. Like everyone um, reacts differently to different things, so for me. Um, you know, if I'm in a if I'm in a room that's not really dark, then I need eye shades. Mm-hmm. Um if there's a little bit of sort of noise, and it could be, you know, if I'm in a hotel and there's traffic lights, you know, five five floors down and there's a beeping or something, then I need or an elevator outside my room, then I then I need some earplugs. Um so it depends on my environment as to what I need to sleep better. Um big thing for me, probably the worst thing for me is is screen time. And so you've just got to. For me, I've got to totally um, get away from screens, whether they're iPads, computers, phones. Um, you know, having having a period of probably an hour of, of, of no screen time. So the deep power hour is what people call it, where you're sort of getting away from that screen. Um, the other thing that I think is really important um, is like a brain dump. You know, you like everyone's got a busy mind, and sometimes people can't sleep because they the head hits the pillow and then. The old, the old noggin just keeps tuning over with what I've got to do tomorrow or, or what what someone said to me today or what I've got coming up in a couple of weeks and my, my brain starts figuring stuff out and I just can't stop it. Um, so what I for me, I just need to write down my day, plan my next day, write down what I'm doing tomorrow. do that I do that sort of before dinner or just after dinner and all of a sudden I've, I've got it out of my head and so my brain's more quiet. And I, and I think that's a, a a nice thing to do for for busy people or people trying to achieve a lot in their day, um, is to get it out of their head onto a bit of paper or onto your phone or onto a checklist, and 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 that will help you switch off when your head does hit the pillow. Um, I think room temperature is important, um, you know, but again, it depends on the individual. I sort of like I like cool rooms, but if it's too cool, because I've got a a blocked nose, I'll breathe through my mouth and then I get a sore throat. So it's sort of the temperature has got to be right for me, my sleeping, but also for my breathing. So I don't get sort of air conditioning sort of throat going on. Um, so I think it's just a matter of experimenting um, and, and getting those things right um, for, for yourself really and, and figuring out what does and doesn't work. But screen time's a big, a big no-no for, for probably 90% of us. Mm.
1: Have you ever played around with a uh, uh, blue light blocking
0: glasses? No, I, I haven't personally. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't personally, and obviously that's where the Kindles and stuff are really good yeah. when it comes to screens. You know, like they've removed the blue light exposure or reduced it significantly at least. Um, so so I haven't tried them because I haven't had a, had a problem where I've needed to. So so I think if people are looking for a other solutions, it's definitely worth experimenting. The, the literature is pretty positive um, around the effectiveness of those those, those blockers.
1: Cool. Is there anything, like say you have someone who's totally nailing the sleep basics, they have a really good routine down, but they're looking to, to maximize their sleep. Like, is there anything you can do outside of the basics or is it pretty much just stick to what you
0: just said? Well, I think that the key thing is probably understanding how much you need and when you need it. Um, because, you know, an, another part to help you sleep better is is a regular Sleep-wake time, you know, routine is important. Your body, The, vo- the body develops rhythms um, and, and your habits dictate, you know, when you go to sleep and therefore when you wake. Um, I've got a mate of mine actually, he's, he cracks me up. He wakes up at sort of 5.30 every morning. Doesn't matter what he's done, how much sleep he's had, he wakes up at 5.30. And I always say to him, I don't know how you do that. Like, why do you wake up so early? He said, oh, my, my body's finished. And I'm like, "What do you mean?" He said, "Oh, my body's finished sleeping." I said, "Okay," um, you know. So it's it's pretty simple stuff, but but he's just got a routine. That's what time he wakes up every day to go to work. So um, regardless what time he goes to bed, whereas me, if I go to bed late, I've still got to get my eight or nine hours. So I need to get up later. Um, and I think that understanding the the your own need for sleep. Like I think if I'm if I'm working with athletes that are training really hard. Um, and they're getting good sleep at night, uh, it doesn't mean they still can't get benefit from more sleep by having a nap in the afternoon. So I think I think naps are really important. I mean, there's again, there's lots of literature that show that if we can give mo- get most people to have another 30 minutes of sleep, mm-hmm. whether that's as a nap or through extending their night's sleep, um, then there's huge benefits. So so most of us um Don't get enough sleep is what I'd say. So regardless of how amazing you think you are at sleeping, um, the more the better, the more the better, you know, like um, try and add more to it, especially if you're busy or training really hard, you want to get the most adaptation or the most recovery and sleep more, you know, and you just got to put lots of energy into getting more and more sleep. Plan for it
1: that's that's really useful so say like you know an an eight hour sleep is something that most people can hit right if if you're structured with your time and if you're gonna plan that afternoon nap like is 30 minutes the most amount of time you want to nap for is it okay to nap longer
0: yeah there's a there's some interesting stuff out there around that napping napping side of things like some people have a little nap and, and wake up feeling horrible um you know, and and I've also heard of some people having a coffee before they have their nap. Mm-hmm. So, when, so when they wake up, the coffee's just come through, the caffeine's just hitting them, and they all of a sudden feel wide awake again. Um, you know, I'm not sure about that myself, but, um, I mean, I think even even just laying horizontal and switching off for 20 to 30 minutes is hugely valuable, um, you know, for, for busy people or people training hard or people just pushing the boundaries. Um, so I, I think you're sort of only want in one sort of sleep cycle, so generally they recommend twenty to thirty minutes. um so I'll always get alarm. um I don't want to get any more than that personally, and I wouldn't recommend to get getting any more than that because if you sleep too long in that nap, then what you'll do is you end up straight straight to go to sleep that night. So remember, it's just a little bonus sleep. it's a bonus bonus nap, and so if you sleep longer than that, Great, but when you go to bed that night, you'll be laying there and not being able to go to sleep because you're not tired. Okay, so so again, experiment. But for me, I'll when I put my head on the pillow for a nap, um, just before I put my head on the pillow, I put my alarm on for 30 minutes later. And it might take me 10 minutes to go to sleep, 20-minute nap, happy days. Um, ironically, sometimes on my nap is about four minutes long. You know, like so I'll lay there,
1: down, think like for twenty six minutes.
0: No, no, I'll, I'll lay down and I'll and I'll lay down for ten minutes and I'll and I'll fall asleep and I'll wake up after fifteen minutes of laying down. Means i have only had four or five minutes sleep, but that's all my body obviously wanted or needed. And I've woken up and I'm going, okay, cool, get into it. You know, so um, and, and other days, you know, my alarm will wake me up. Um, so so again experiment don't have too much um but extending our sleep um will have we'll pay, pay big dividends down the track
1: that's really cool and it's funny you say that one of our rugby ready athletes he he has like a crazy schedule he he was going to the gym in the morning then he had a very physical job that he'd do all day and then he would do his rugby training at night and i remember i asked him one day i was like hey like how are you doing with your sleep and your recovery and he goes oh I eat my lunch super fast and I have a nap every day at lunch and everybody laughs at me, (laughs) but then he wakes up and he, and he's good to go. And I thought like, wow, that's super cool. Like for people out there that are busy, who might think, you know, oh, napping isn't, isn't realistic. If you have a lunch hour and you can like go to your car or you can be alone in the lunchroom, like maximize that time.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I was, when I was teaching um, full time, I used to, Put a sign outside my, my my office door: "Do not disturb." And and I'd have a I'd have a quick bite to eat and I'd lay down on my floor. This one I had a, my first daughter, you know, tired, sleep deprived, Scoff my lunch down, have a sleep on the floor of my office. You know, everyone thought I was in there on a phone call or something, but no. Nah. Sometimes you just got to get what you can get when you can get it.
1: What I have to look forward to soon.
0: Absolutely, man.
1: So, there are there any common mistakes or we'll say bad habits outside of using screens before bed? Uh, that you see people make with when it comes to, say, sleep hygiene?
0: Oh, I don't think I see mistakes, but obviously there's lots of little things that people can do to, to I suppose, improve their sleep efficiency. And um, simple things like if you wake up in the middle of the night and you go to the toilet, um, try not to turn lights on. You know, mm-hmm. try try not to turn lights on because all of a sudden the lights wake you up a little bit, and then you might go back to bed and struggle to go back to sleep. Okay, so so that's a real easy one. Um, I think hydration is important, and I know you and I will talk about this later, I'm sure, but um, for myself, I get thirsty if I'm training lots, and if I drink too much after sort of 5 p.m., I'll get up and go to the toilet about four times up through the night, and so that impacts my sleep quality by going to the toilet too much because I'm too hydrated. And so I think getting that balance right of of nailing your hydration but not drinking too much too late in the day because mm-hmm. um, then you're going to the toilet too often. Um, and, and the other thing and, um, uh, is, is probably understanding that when you're about to go to your room to go to bed, try to not be thinking about tomorrow or all these things that you've got to get done or, man, I, I can't wait to talk to my partner about tomorrow or, or a week's time and, and planning a holiday and all those things because it just gets the mind busy again and so you've really got to spend that hour before going to bed to just chill relax for me that's watching watching a movie or watching some tv or reading a book um, it's not sitting there um, you know booking flights or, or, or writing a, writing a writing a shopping list or Or doing any of that stuff. I'm trying to quiet my brain down, not sort of get it going. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so I think there's a, there's a few little things there. Um, but the, as I said earlier, the screen times are key nowadays, you know, especially for kids. Um, the most kids go to their room, they get sent to their room to go to bed. And most kids, you know, teenagers will end up laying in bed for three hours talking to their mates and then can't sleep very well. Don't know why they're not sleeping very well. I'm not getting enough sleep. Well, it's because the screen time's big at the wrong time of the day, um, and then they can't sleep very well. So, yeah, screen time's a biggie.
1: And what is what are your thoughts on caffeine? Because I mean, obviously, you know, like a an afternoon pick me up is always great. But is there is there really a cutoff time? You say you would go to bed at 10 p.m. Like, how do I work backwards to know when the last coffee of
0: the day should be? well I think it depends. You just got to experiment. Like, I know that if I have if I have a coffee at sort of four or five o'clock and it doesn't matter whether it's instant coffee or a real coffee, um, normally I'm a, I, I take a bit longer to go to sleep.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, if I'm if I'm knackered from training or from working or from both, I could probably have coffee an hour before I go to bed and have no problem. So it sort of depends, I think, on the person. Some people have a coffee after lunchtime and they don't sleep very well. So So everyone's different. Uh, probably based on amount of coffee you do have um, the type of coffee you have, but also how tired or fatigued you are and therefore how easy it's going to be to go to sleep. So again, experiment, figure out what works for you. If you have a bad night where you struggle to get to sleep, maybe reflect on, on when you last had a coffee. Um, But yeah, that's just another, another thing that you need to throw into the mix when trying to clean your sleep up. Yeah, that's
1: really good. And something too, for, coffee drinkers out there to be aware of like my friend owns a cafe nearby and it's interesting when you see the difference between the caffeine content and say a drip coffee compared to an espresso like the more roasted that bean is the less caffeine there is in it so like when you have like a drip coffee you know here like in in Canada and the U.S. it's really common to have like a big honking coffee pot right so you know you might knock back two or three of those Cups in a day, and you just have a ton of caffeine thinking that you're having less than espresso, but, but you're actually having like, you know, two or three times
0: more. Yeah, now that stuff's pretty, pretty nasty. Eh? It's full of the goodness.
1: Yeah, it's the good stuff, man. It's the rocket fuel. <laughs> cool. So let's look at uh rock number two nutrition. So a big one. And I'd like to point out to our listeners that. On Gilly's list, sleep and nutrition show up on your list even before training.
0: So why is that? Well, I think, um, yeah, it's, I think if if before we nail our training program, before we work hard, you need to have these things in place. Otherwise, you're either going to get sick or hurt or just not adapt like you could. And so this is almost like cleaning things up before we go and do the mahi. Um, and most of us, most people enjoy training um, nowadays, more so than maybe when I started. Um, a lot of people just love working hard. Um, and a phrase I'll always, we we like to use um, uh, in, in, in my team at the moment is it's easy to sweat. Okay, it's really easy to sweat. It's easy to go and work hard. It's easy to go lift weights. It's easy to go and run hard. Um, what's not easy is all the little things that make that hard work pay off. And and sleep and nutrition are those two of those things. Um, If you train um, like an absolute champion, but you sleep poorly and you eat poorly, then you'll make no adaptations. All you'll do is get tired and, like I said, sick or injured. So let's sort nutrition and sleep out first, and then let's do the mahi.
1: So for people listening, like really let that hit home, because I know I've seen a lot of athletes skip that. Right. They skip that step, the nutrition step, and you watch their diet and you kind of, you know, you do the math on how much energy is going out versus how much going is coming in and then the food quality. And it's with a little bit of effort, like we have resources for people like um, our real food ebook and things like that. But with a little bit of effort and education, what Gilly's saying is you can really maximize your training. So do not skip, do not skip that step. Now, what are the basics? Like if if you were gonna give sort of the, the the basics to any rugby player that are easy for them to understand and implement, what are they?
0: Yeah, well, like I think um the basics, um <laughs> well the basics, it's um it's not that complicated again, just like sleep, just like training, it's it's we don't need to overcomplicate things because um you know, if we nail the basics, then then ninety percent of the, the the hard stuff you you've got sorted. And and for me, the basics probably um, real food first. Okay, so so real um, fresh food first. Simple as that. Um, and for me, eat. Um, I always say white, dull food, um, but eat eat carbohydrate um based on your energy expenditure. Okay, so so fuel the machine based on what the machine's doing. Okay, so that's as simple as energy in, energy out. Um so there's all these diets and all these fads and all these things out there, but but that's that is the rule. That is the most important thing is is what's um what's being put out, what's being burned, we must put in. Okay. And it all depends on your goals and things. I know that, but um, so real, fresh food first. Um, eat your white or carbohydrate-dense food based on your activity level. Um, and I suppose be extremely planned and organised so that you don't have to miss food or um, eat poor-quality food because you're disorganised. So organization's important. Clean, real, fresh produce or food um, Reduce the white dull stuff based on energy output and and the last thing for me is you know again, it's a lot of people will know this, but eat a rainbow, so I eat lots of different colored food, and I don't mean artificially colored food, I mean real colored food, so, so no eat, fruit loops then, no fruit loops, so <laughs> your plate your plate at every breakfast at every meal, including breakfast, should have some coloring you know um. And the the simple reason being that the color represents different vitamins and minerals and nutrients that your body actually needs. Mm -hmm. All the white, dull crap um, has got lots of energy and there's no nutrients in there. There's nothing in there that's good for you other than fuel. Okay. So, so load the plate up with color and then fuel as needed.
1: And you'd be surprised too. Like if, if you're listening and you don't eat a lot of vegetables It's quite filling. Like if you really say you make yourself like a chicken stir fry mainly with veggies, it's amazing how filling that meal is. is It's fibrous, right? Totally, totally.
0: Like you can fill up on the goodness instead of filling up on the crap. Totally.
1: Yeah. So what about Gilly, what about protein? Like when you think about, you know, the function of the food, mainly, you know, to, to build and maintain lean mass, how should players go about structuring their plate? With with lean protein sources.
0: Oh, look the the basic the basic recommendations there are probably that you need protein four five six times a day, um, mm-hmm. you know twenty to thirty grams based on your goals. Um, and I'm not sure what it's like in America and Canada, but I know that in in New Zealand, Australia, um, and probably the UK, for example, very traditional. Um, carbohydrate loaded breakfast um you know whether that's toast or muesli or cereal or it's probably the same up where you are but um that's really traditional and because it's easy and it's because what we've always done but there's no protein in any of that um and if we wanted to you know if our body is is made of protein and, and the muscle we are trying to create to become good rugby players as protein then we need to eat protein often um you know, so the best protein for, for breakfast is is typically eggs, isn't it? You know, it's pretty easy to slip some eggs into your into your day. Um, and, and so I think it's just a matter of trying to sprinkle protein through your day. And to do that, you have to be planned. Because, again, watch a tr- traditional lunch. Traditional lunch down where I am is, is sandwiches, you know. And all of a sudden, a sandwich with what in it? Well, not much. And yeah. so all of a sudden, we've had breakfast, we've had lunch before we've had much much protein, okay? And most of us get protein at dinner time.
2: Mm-hmm. okay?
0: So we need to be thinking, how do we get protein through the day? Best ways to be organized and planned? Is that cans, cans of tuna? Is that protein supplements? Is that eggs? Is that boiled eggs in your lunchbox? You know, mm-hmm. is that, how do we get protein in the afternoon snack? Um, but I think that the original message was real, um, real food first. And so I'd always be looking for, you know, the eggs and the the chicken breast and the cans of tuna before I went with the protein powder. The protein powder is the thing that you, that I would put in when, when the other things are too hard.
1: Well, and that is right. Like that's where the word comes from supplement to supplement the diet, right? We want to get as much as you can from whole food sources. And when you think about that too, like when I started tracking my nutrition using my fitness pal what well, became really interesting too like you you commented on like the standard north american diet like you're totally right it's super high in carbohydrate and also super high in fat because you're also going to get and it's not that these foods are ba- good or bad but like you're going to get okay so your eggs maybe fried in butter then you're going to do it with bacon and maybe some sausages and then you're also going to put butter on your toast and then you do the math on this meal and it's like, oh my gosh, it's no wonder I'm having such a hard time maintaining like a lean frame.
0: You know, oh, yeah. Basically eating
1: like this calorie bomb.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You
1: know?
0: And it's and it's one of those things where um I think if you were an endurance athlete and you were exercising for six hours a day, then that carbohydrate load is probably okay. Um mm-hmm. for most people. But but not many people that eat a diet like that have that energy expenditure. So, um, you know, but we are trying to build muscle. We're trying to keep lean muscle on our frame. And so that's what our diet needs to reflect. Um, yeah, no, you're bang on. And, and it's really traditional for, for most, most, most cultures to have a carbohydrate-dense diet. Mm-hmm. Not enough vitamins and minerals, not enough color. And the only protein hit typically come in at nighttime. Okay, so um, we've all got a lot of work to do there, but it's all about, it's not that hard to do if you're organized um, and you know, um, or you adjust and are aware you need to change some habits. You know, because most of the things we do are based on habits and what we were taught as a kid and it's just what we do. Absolutely.
1: And like what you said with the planning too, like what we started doing in our household, which made the the world of difference was, we don't even necessarily plan out the whole week because we, we don't want to sit and do that, like set the time time aside to do that. But, you know, two to three days, what do I want to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? Oh, sweet. Let's actually go to the store and buy that stuff. And then it's like making that list, like that brain dump list. It's the same thing with your nutrition. It takes actually very little time and preparation. But oh, Absolutely today right like you know i'm working on my laptop and i could go to the fridge pull out a pre-made lunch with veggies lean protein and a little bit of carbs and i was good to go but in the past that would have been exactly where it's like oh man i don't have anything made do i run the subway what do i do right um and it's just so it makes life so much easier
0: absolutely yeah it makes it easier makes it more quality and happy days
1: so Like, let's talk about the difference then between fueling for, say, a club player who's who's training, you know, at their local club twice a week, game on Saturday, and they might go to the gym a couple days a week, versus someone who's playing more competitive level rugby. They have more time spent training throughout the week. What is the differences in fueling for those two athletes?
0: Well, I touched on it earlier. It's um, it just comes down to output, doesn't it? Typically. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're training more, then you need to eat more, Um, you know, because we are not wanting to be in calorie deficit unless we are trying to lose um, body fat or body weight. Um, And so we've got to fuel for our activity levels. So if we are training eight hours a week versus four hours a week, then the person that's doing more will need to eat more um, food um, to fuel that activity. And, and it's, as, it's as simple as that, um, you know, and, and again, experiment with yourself. If if, if you feel like you are um, low in energy, not making the gains you want physically, um, storing a little bit around the middle, um, you know, like, well, reflect on your nutrition, are you eating enough at the right times around the activity? Um you know, and, and, and there are there are some schools of thought out there that your body composition is a reflection of your nutrition two weeks prior. You know, um, because it doesn't happen overnight. So, so you know, we we have to we be constantly reflecting on what what it is we're eating, when we're eating it, and how we're feeling around it. Because I know myself, um, I know when I'm not eating enough based on the exercise I'm doing because I get tired and grumpy, and I maybe don't feel so good in the next training session. So that's a that's a clear sign to me that I'm not fueling for what I'm trying to achieve. Um, likewise, if I'm putting weight on, bad weight on, um, for the activity I'm doing and nutrition that I'm putting into my body, um, then typically something's not in balance. Um, so, so yeah, you just got to keep thinking fuel for your activity um, and whether that's lots of gym work where you're needing more protein, lots of running, you need more carbohydrate, lots of both, you need more of both, you know, and, um, and, and, you know, the pro athletes who are pretty much training three or four hours a day in rugby, at least um, eat a lot more in that environment than if they were at home training for one hour a day. Okay. Because they just got to fuel the machine. Yeah. I like that.
1: Matching that energy expenditure.
0: Well, it's, so, it's, 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 it's a, the best. The best way to look at it, Tyler, is like it's, it's, we're like a car. You know, like we're like a car. And I always, I like using the analogy where, you know, um, if if our car sits in the garage, do we before we take it for a drive, do we fill it up with gas? If it's already full, no. But if we go for a big drive and come back, and on the way home, look at the dial and go shit, there's not much fuel in the tank. I better fill it up before I park it in the garage at night, so I can go for another drive the next day. You know, like. Our our, our body is just like a car. We should fuel for the fuel it for the activity it's doing, and not overfuel it if it's sitting in the garage. Love that. So for the person who who
1: has this this fueling dial, dialed in, right? Like they're matching their movement, they're nailing the basics of real food. Are there are there supplements you would recommend to get like that extra one percent boost in their training?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like supplements, um, you know, real food, food first. Supplements are exactly that. They're, they're, the, they're the sprinkling on top. You know, they're the salt and pepper on your steak. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I think that um, the, 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 the supplement world is full of um, amazingly complicated terms and chemicals and, and, and products um, and obviously of varying quality. Um but but for me personally I would be recommending a really good clean protein mm-hmm. um, that is that is really low in carbohydrates. So so for me, and this is just for someone who's pretty sorted, body comp is good, body weight is good. So so it's a nice way to get some protein in if I can't have a boiled egg or two or a chicken breast or or, or a can of tuna. So a nice clean um protein powder. Um with varying sources of protein, um, so that we're sort of hitting the whole spectrum of fast absorption, slow absorption. Um, so proteins one, um, creatine is still a very effective product. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, if we think of creatine being the fuel for that maximal um, short duration effort that's stored in our muscle, then then making sure we've got enough of that and stored in our in our system is important. Um, so cycling creatine is is, is really good, um, and and especially because it has a huge performance benefit, okay, um, and and that's been known for for decades. So, supplementing creatine and cycling it in and out of your program is important. Um, I think there's some products out there that are really effective in helping sleep. So zinc and magnesium supplementation is really good um, for helping sleep, um, and actually. You know, some of that magnesium is is has been shown to maybe enhance some muscle function and muscle health. So, so I think zinc and magnesium supplementation not bad. Um, fish oils, you know, omegas out there. Um, some reasonable information on on reducing inflammation and, and helping with just good body function is getting omegas into our diet. So, if you're not eating enough fish, then chuck some omegas in. Um, but again, we've been doing some omega testing and. And some people have got plenty of, of omega in their diet through fish, and some people don't. So we we supplement those that don't. Um, and then the last thing, um, which is probably it's not I don't think it's debatable, but um, people have mixed views of as uh, a pre-workout. Um, you mm-hmm. know, like if 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 someone's struggling with energy because they're training really hard, and there's a key session coming up in the afternoon, and, and they've just had a nap and you know, but bit lethargic. It's sort of like, oh man, we need to, we we need to hit some numbers this afternoon, but I'm just not feeling it at the moment. Um, then then a decent pre workout with some beta alanine, some creat um, some caffeine and creatine in it um, is is I think very effective when required. Not something you need at every workout, but in the workouts where you feel like you need a bit of a hit, um, then can can allow you to get a lot more out of your session than cruising through it because you're knackered. Um, you know so I think that probably the big rocks at the moment in terms of supplementation from from me
1: but so just so all the bros out there who heard that like we want to make it clear pre-workout a pre-workout supplement you really only want to use when you need to go really high on the intensity scale right when you're a little bit tired it's not like you know in your deload week you're still hitting that pre-workout
0: yeah no I think I think it's um totally like I think um you know, it's about using it when you need to use it. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, some some pre workouts have beta alanine and creatine in them, and I know some of ours do. Um, and that's a way of us getting beta alanine and in creatine into the body regularly mm-hmm. is 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 little and often little and often through the week. Um, and so you know, if if you're using that pre workout a couple of times a week, then that helps get that into the system. Um mm-hmm. but I think it for me it is very much a Use it when you need it, not all the time, you know, and, and you shouldn't need it all the time because you should be motivated to hit some big numbers, not, not needing a a chemical to help you get there. Like that. So
1: you might've covered this earlier, but I'm interested to know what, what happens to the body when there is an inadequate amount of fuel in it. So when you (laughs) when you put it under some stressful training, right, you do this for a period of time, maybe you're under fueling, what happens?
0: Well, if you're under fueling, um, it's it's pretty simple because what you what you're gonna do is generally you you become catabolic, okay? You you you'll be starting to um, eat into protein stores and muscle rather than build it, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so that so that that's the first thing. You'll also have insufficient energy to actually train to the level you want or need to train at. And so then you'll get no benefit from that session because you haven't hit the numbers you needed to hit because you've got no energy in the tank. Okay. Um, So I think training quality suffers. Um, I think your um, energy consumption gets diverted away from using fuel you've got stored to actually using tissue that you need. Um, So that's two things. Um, and I think just overall because of that overall your adaptations and your improvements will not 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 be going the right direction um you know, and then we start getting things like we start getting sick tired um and and you know can produce some sort of overtrained um symptoms um where mood and and even not sleeping well um so so there's lots of um I suppose disadvantages of underfueling. And this is why, you know, trying to improve body composition and train hard at the same time becomes a bit of a battle because we're trying to train really well really well, but we're trying to improve our body composition. And ironically, if if you just trained really well and nailed your nutrition, then you you're basically your nutrition should be just that that tad under um, what you're burning so that you are session upon session, um, improving your body composition because you are actually got enough fuel to train hard but not enough fuel to store excess, okay? Mm. Um, And so that balance is quite hard to achieve and that's where, you know, people not quite nailing their nutrition, it becomes a, uh, you know, we always say, I always say, you can't out-train a shit diet, okay? You can't, doesn't matter how hard you train, if your nutrition is not on point, um, you'll either underperform or you won't adapt how you need to adapt, or you won't be able to train as hard as you need to be able to train. Mm-hmm. And so what, what does that look like? It looks like a lethargic um performance on the park. Because all you've been doing is you've been you've been in deficit all week, been training crap, um trying to lose weight, and you end up running around like you got lead in your lead in your feet. So the balance is important.
1: Well, that's really great information for somebody who say, you know, looking to make that body composition change who has been under eating. I hope you really listen to that and take that in. Um, what about what about body types, though? Like when you look at, say, you know, you got your your ectos, your mesos and your endomorphs, does that really come into to fueling or do they do they still fall under the same rules or yeah, the rules that you kind of just laid out for us? I think it.
0: I think the general rule of thumb is the same. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter your body type. It just means that's how you're going to likely adapt to the training that you that, that you're going through. Um, you know, a mesomorph, a traditional mesomorph, is, just probably needs to look at weights to gain muscle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and 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 like like um, likewise, the other end of the spectrum, the, the endomorph. You know, it's sort of like well, nutrition becomes something that's really really important, but regardless of the weights and the, the endurance or conditioning that might be done, their body's still going to be similar on that scale, you know, but, but typically we're trying to become more mesomorph in rugby for most people. Um, and all that is is more muscular, lean muscle that is fast, strong, powerful, and fit, and lean. You know, so we're all trying to slide our own body type. Up that up that sort of scale um to become lean, big and strong.
1: Yeah, that idea ideal um body type. So does does hydration fall under the nutrition banner or is that sort of a category all on its own?
0: Oh no, I think it falls into nutrition for sure. Um it's just one of those things that again you need a fuel for for the activity that you're doing and for the sweat rug that you have. Um like I, I'm a I'm a horrendous sweater, you know. Like I, I think I lose about four about four litres an hour on my bike. Um, wow. You know, and so I do a decent bike session, and you know I'm I'm chewing through the water. There's there's puddles all around me. So so I know my intake has to match my what I'm losing in my session. Um, you know, and, and there's lots of people like that, and there's lots of people that don't sweat much. Um, but I think that hydration piece is really important, and the, the easiest way to figure it out is just check your urine. Make sure your urine's clear. If it's if it's if it's yellow or a dark yellow, then you need to just get some fluid. In. And fluid being water, ideally. Um, you know, if you're thirsty, you you, you typically um, you typically need to hydrate a bit more. Um, something that that ironically is um, a lot of people who say they're hungry. Um, have mixed the message the body's trying to give them most most people that say gee i'm hungry they just need a glass of water okay so don't 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 misinterpret the 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 first the thirst um message the body's giving you for hunger hungry message um we often eat when we don't need to eat we eat when we should be drinking fluid so um if in doubt drink water billy
1: funny you sound like my dad he always used to go uh well i'd go dad i'm hungry Well, have a glass of water like, oh
2: no, totally, totally.
1: Right? You,
2: know,
1: you have the glass of water it says like, dad i'm still hungry we'll have an apple I'm like oh i don't want an apple <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no it's true most people most people um i know that when i was um doing my phd i'd just I thought I had a problem with caffeine. I thought I was drinking way too much coffee and I thought just thought I'd develop the habit. But my body was just nonstop thirsty. So I just moved the coffee cup away and put a water bottle there. And it was the same. I was just actually thirsty. Yeah. So I was drinking coffee because I thought I needed coffee, but no, my body just wanted water. And um and so I think again it just shows you that that trying to we're all, you know, n equals one. We're a, we're a single organism that has different needs, different routines and habits and requirements. So we just got to try and figure it out. What works for us or what works for me won't work for any of you guys or girls. You know, we just gotta, we've just got to be encouraged to experiment and understand what works for us.
1: Well, Gilly's just done an excellent job covering the first two big rocks. And we're going to finish this episode off with an Ask Gilly. So uh Lauren, ooh, ooh. what we got? What we got? Yeah, we got a really good question this week. Lauren sent us a question on Instagram. Uh, what exercises can I do to improve my kicking
0: power? Oh okay, that's a goody. That's a goody. Um interesting. Kicking power obviously involves. it's quite a complex movement. Um, you know, and, and it depends on the the sort of kick we're talking about here, Lauren. But if it was a drop kick versus a place kick versus a punt. Um, you know, they all required slightly different movements, but but at the end of the day, similar muscles and joints. So um, biggest thing for me would be making sure that our our stance leg or our weight-bearing leg um, is obviously extremely strong because we want to we want to implant that hard. Um, and then really there's an element of rotation through the middle um, and a lot of adductor Hip flexor, quad involvement. Okay, if we think of the the kick cycle being some leg extension and some um, hip extension, then then they are the key things that that we need to get strong. Um, so a lot of cable work, single leg cable work, and and all all re, all ranges of movement. So a four way a four way cable is a really good exercise to do where we're, flexed, um, we're flexing the hip, we're extending the hip. Um, we're extending the, the knee um, and really trying to focus on getting strong through that rotation. Um, and the last thing is core, is getting your pillar or your trunk really strong because if we're trying to get some transfer through to the ball from rotation of the upper body, we don't want to lose anything through our middle. Okay, so any rotation occurs in the top of the body, we want to go straight through to the bottom of the body to end up on the ball. Um, and, and obviously, there's a force element of, you know, creating force to to bring that kicking leg through, but then there's a speed element. You know, the ball will fly further from contact that is hit with a high-speed foot. And so, trying to get that foot really coming through real fast is the key, and it's at the end of the lever. Um, so, trying to understand and figure out how to get that lever coming through faster um, is really, really important. So, so. Strengthen the hip, strengthen the, the knee, um, strengthen the lower core, so that any rotation is transferred. And at the end of the day, work on speed of speed on the foot. Don't know if that helps, but it's quite complicated. But that would that be where I'd start.
1: Oh well, no, that's a great answer. Well, thanks as always, Gilly, for your time. This has been uh, this has been a great episode.
0: No problem. Thanks for having me, Tyler. As always, love it. Love chatting to you.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Rugby Ready Podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we appreciate your support. Please subscribe to the pod, leave us a review, and send us your questions on the Ask Haley web form for our next episode.